Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. This is our fourth episode, and today we are going to talk about process improvement. Yeah, but before, don't, don't click off, because it's actually exciting. We're actually going to have an exciting <laughs> I know, you episode. you hear process improvement, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go take a nap now. <laughs> no. But no, we're awake. So for those of you who have not tuned in before, we are father-daughter. I am, I am the daughter, in case that wasn't obvious. Yeah, they, they couldn't figure that out. <laughs> but I'm Joe. And I'm Christina. And we both have uh, very unique perspectives on business and on life. So hopefully you'll get something out of this episode as we talk through a topic that has been very near and dear to my dad's heart, process improvement. Kept a roof over our head for all these years. <laughs> That's why it's right. I really dig it for that reason. <laughs> so now I am interested in learning, Dad, teach me your ways. So really? that I can apply wow. them to my life. I will tell you as we get into this, what, what, what we're going to talk about this afternoon is... It's morning, Dad. Well, I'm never good with the Wake time. Wake up, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to start snoring now. <laughs> no. But this topic actually, whether you are one person in your own business, with your family even or you work in a big business, this can propel you far and apply everywhere. I want to dig into this a little bit. Process improvement, we hear it, continuous improvement, which is actually the function that you work in. I think it's so interesting because I work for a manufacturing company and mm -hmm. when I'm in the print plants, we've got Lean Six Sigma methodologies and all of that good stuff. And this is a multi-billion dollar industry and growing. So tell me a little bit about your certifications. <laughs> that, that, is, <laughs> that is the hilarious part. I have none. Yeah, I'm going to make fun of all those. <laughs> okay, so we've got like, you can go ancient Japanese Kaizen. That's mm -hmm. small incremental improvements over time that make up a big change. You've got, I mentioned the lean, the black belts, and you can go through all kinds of schooling and take rigorous exams and all that, and there's a, a handful of these methodologies. But it sounds like you don't buy into all that. So tell well, me about that. Well, it's not that I don't buy into all that. I don't work to that type of system. So what so, is your system? Well, I should give a name to it, I guess. But I don't have what one. are we going to call it? We don't have to call it anything. I'm, I'm actually going to describe how I have been successful in doing what I do over many, many years from being a management consultant and process consultant to what I do today. What's interesting about you mentioning all these fancy <laughs> word, you know, systems and everything. People, I'm here to humble you, Dad. I know. People, you've humbled <laughs> me. People that I, I know that they're studying all this and everything. And I, I know we're going to get comments on this. And it, listen, please leave comments if you approve or disapprove or disagree or agree. Well, these are our opinions. Yeah. It's what's worked for us and what's worked for right. you. But, but let's not work to a system. In other words, why spend all my time trying to reach a level in a process improvement system? Just improve the process already. <laughs> That's what I say. So, so let's get started improving the process. And this I like is it. that. I yeah. like that. So I was a consultant before, right? And people joke about consultants. They say, uh, which I agree with, you hire a consultant, you pay them a lot of money to basically tell you what you already know. <laughs> I love that. Um, Yet consulting continues to flourish. Correct. And people continue to correct. pay them so much money. Exactly. But here's the secret. The secret is 
It's not what, who's they? And we always say, that, who's they? Oh, they say this, they say that. So if you take that quote. I always to, trust they. Well, of course. But <laughs> if you take that quote, consultants, you pay them a lot of money to tell you what they already know. The they is not who you think it is. It's not the owners or the management or the senior leadership in a company. I am telling you that the rank and file, the people who are actually doing the work, they are the they who already know what's screwed up, what pain they have, and what needs to improve. So now I have an answer to who they is. Whenever That's somebody correct. asks who sa- who's they, I can say the rank and file. There Don't ask any other That's questions. It. So my philosophy <laughs> I like is, that, though. No, seriously, my philosophy is that you don't start at the top. Most people start at the top and they, they oh, oh, you're the VP. Okay, so what problems do you have? No, mm-hmm. don't even talk to the VP about the problems they have because I guarantee you most of them don't have the problem. And if, you're, if you are a one-person business, then I'll talk to you because you're running everything. You have every hat, right? You are both the leader and rank and file. Correct, <laughs> correct. However, I would bet your advice would be to go find other people. Then. <laughs> well, if you can. But what you want to do is you want to talk to the actual people who are doing the work every single day and in all the areas. I'm going to give you an example, a sales department. You're in sales, so I'm going to use sales. Sure. One of my most profitable assignments have been in sales arena. But I'm going to tell you a funny story because I had a client. This is going back a while, that I was hired to do a process improvement because their support department, it was a software company, the support department was, quote, screwed up. Mm -hmm. Lots of support complaints, lots of other stuff that went on. See, it's never a sales problem. It's always the support function. Just wait. (laughs) Just wait. This is pretty instructional, just this department. So I'm going to go in and the... VP of the support area wants to talk to me. And I said, well, I'll, t- I'll get to you. Well, I don't want to talk to you yet. I start talking to the support people, the people who are answering the phones, the people who have to make the changes, the people who have to do all that. Guess what the number one issue was? It popped up immediately, and no one in senior management knew it. Can you take I'm a gonna guess? guess that I'm going to go out on a wild And I didn't limp. tell Christina what this is. She no, doesn't no, know no. about this. But I'm, I'm a little intuitive here. I'm going to guess it was a process issue. There were problems in the support department, but the major problems were not in the support department. It was probably the leadership. No. <laughs> the biggest problem was that the sales team was telling the prospect anything they wanted I, to know. I refused, <laughs> I refused to believe that I that could have happened. Right. The Dad, it was issue the process. Was, right, <laughs> the it is it, never the seller. No. <laughs> really? Wait, you, are you telling me they were selling smoke and mirrors and people were buying it? Well, they would buy it. And then when they were installing it and the prospect or the customer now said. Then it's the oh shit. By, by the way, when does it get to do ABC? Oh, it doesn't oh, do it that. Oh, it doesn't do ABC. <laughs> but we can do that for you for $5,000 programming. Well, that's not what I was... See, and that is the stuff that gives professional sales a bad name. Well, it, you know what? And, and this is why it's so important to do process improvement. You don't know where it's going to end up. But the company was being hurt. I will tell you that we started there and then immediately got an additional consulting assignment for the sales team. And guess what one of the sales team's 
biggest pain points were? I'm going to guess that the service function couldn't deliver what they sold. Correct. And we can't get good references because the service department. Because everyone screws up our deal. Exactly. It was <laughs> that a, is cir- a, a vicious cycle. It was right? a circular reference. And without going into all the details on that, the point of the matter is everybody should be doing process improvement exercises all the time even after you've done maybe a year later six months or whatever however that's my i want to loop back to the fact that the rank and file the people who are doing the job pretty much do have the answers Mm -hmm. you ask them what their pain points are so i would say christina what do you hate about what you do what is an huge annoyance about what you do and get those answers now, the but reason- how do people, I, I think that's interesting, you're a consultant, you're objective, but you're also hired by their leaders, their owners, and all of that. So how do you get the truth out of these things, right? Because that's a, a little bit, of, if, if I'm a customer service rep, or if I'm a salesperson, and the consultant is coming to me and saying, what is the worst part of your day? Or if you had your utopia, what would it look like? How do they have the comfort to actually have a a safe spot to share that? That's a great point. And as the consultant, you have to assure the staff that what you tell me is not going back, you know, under your name. uh, But but you're working for the big guy, right? Mm -hmm. So like, don't worry, everything you say is in confidence. Wink, wink. How do you develop that rapport so that they feel that's the reality? Right. You have to gain the trust and that's it. And I, I have really found most people will unload on you basically because they can't do it in their normal day-to-day work. They can't do it to their manager. They can't do it anywhere else. I've never really had that big of a problem with that, but it is something I have to assure people that this is a safe spot and anything that you share, you'll take it back with the intention of just addressing issues, but not identifying people. Right. But I I will also say that I give them that opportunity that good ideas, if they want, will be attributable to them. So the positive stuff will will put your name on it. The negative stuff, you can plead the fifth. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, if you follow the golden management rule that you praise in public and you critique in private, you'll never go wrong. And you engender loyalty that way. So that interview process happens. And then what I do then is document that voluminously, like really good notes. Then the other thing is flowchart it. You can use anything you want. You can use Visio, you can do it paper on pencil, you can use Excel. But what about you would more like chisel and stone, right? Well, that's because I'm old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was hard. I mean, you know, then when someone said, no, I need that a little bit to the left, you had to get a whole new rock. It's terrible. Wow. Yeah. And then so, I mean, when the typewriter came along, it was like why, game why, changing. Why am I doing this podcast with you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. It was supposed to be generational, not like centuries, but whatever. Well, I mean, you've come that's so far. I know. So if you flow chart it and you might say, oh, God, flow chart. Doesn't have to be complex. Don't go yeah, like, crazy. What does this look like? Uh, well, we're on a podcast, so I can't really show you a but... picture. I mean, <laughs> is this is it just you making a list? You building an Excel document out? No, no. Like... A, a flowchart would be boxes, like a, a box with arrows that say this is what happens this okay. way, and then if this happens, then no okay. or whatever. Now, the reason so for the flowchart, it's visual, correct? That's very important because when people see a, 
a process visually versus words on a page, you immediately see, ah, I got it. I see what that is. Or no, that's not what I meant. Or no, that's not what we do. You misinterpreted me. So I have to show the flow chart to the staff after I've spoken to them to A, validate the current process and validate, do you think these improvements would so, you know, would so work. the flow chart is to validate the process, identify the areas that are causing issues, yes. and then show them what a future state could look like. That's right. And and to get validation from them that that process is good. So in the beginning, we got into the meat of how you approach where the change typically comes from and how mm -hmm. you identify the what they already know. So you're just basically exposing the facts. You're mm -hmm. not doing some kind of, uh, you know, you're not a savant. Point. You're just exposing things that are already there that maybe the leadership or mm -hmm. whomever is just blind to. But in the beginning, what are some of the things that are important when you're first meeting with the leadership, right? Or the people that are saying, hey, Joe, we need you. We have problems. Or we, we think we need you. We may need you. So when you're first getting started, how do you develop your ground rules? I'm going to go at it two ways. One, let me just say after I've gotten the contract, one of the things that's part of my philosophy that I do ask the management, the senior management, I want to know who the sacred cows are. Who is and what do you mean someone by that? a sacred cow? Right. That, <laughs> what is a sacred cow? That you? that would be a person, a place, a plant that they're talking about, or a process that cannot be touched. So, okay. for example, one could be you cannot, and I had this in multiple companies, but in one in particular. You cannot touch Robert. Robert is the number one salesperson, and Robert is excluded from this process. Why? And you know, I'm wondering, why is Robert the number one salesperson? Well, Robert in this company happened to have been the son of the owner. Ah, uh, nepotism. Why was Robert the number one salesperson? Not because Robert was really any good, but he was given all the best house accounts, and then they hired the other salespeople to get the real work, like new work. So these sacred cows could be, but it's really you getting the political landscape, the cultural landscape, who's, and who, understanding like... Who's the boyfriend, girlfriend of someone important, mm -hmm. who is the spouse of someone important, who's the family member. Because everything that you're doing, you need it to be practical application. Correct. And if in that environment, your main issue is Robert, you mm -hmm. recognize that's not somebody you're going to be able to help. <laughs> Correct. Or I don't want the job because now I'm set up to fail because right. if that sacred cow, so to speak, is pretty significant, then there's not much we can talk about or do. Now, prior to getting the account, one of the things that I did was use this process in order to get the account. So in other words, what I would tell people, and those of you that are consultants, you can steal this idea. You should send me a commission, but it's okay. You can send it to me, though. Okay. He doesn't have as many years. Idea. He doesn't need it as much as I do. <laughs> if you're talking about getting... Oh, my God. If you're looking at wanting to charge people significant money, how do you prove your value, right? What I would do was I would say to the company, I, I don't want you to do this on hope that I work out for this kind of money. So give me X amount of dollars. It depends on the relationship to what the consulting assignment was let's use a thousand dollars five that doesn't matter what the amount is 
they should pay you something, even though you didn't get the account yet. I just want some money up front. And what I would say is, that give me like a, a check. That sounds like a very fair ask. Just give me some money up <laughs> no, front. No, no, no. Listen, listen here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the secret. <laughs> that sounds like how I always dealt with you, Dad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, everyone, I gave her the money somehow. I don't know how that worked I know, out. I don't know that I ever did the work. Though. Right, right. So uh, the idea was, you give me X number of dollars, I'm not going to cash the check. Let me... In one week, whatever period of time works for whatever business you're in, let me come in and interview the staff. I'm going to come back and I'm going to make a presentation to you and I'm going to show you what I can save you. So guess what that allowed me to do? People, nine times out of 10, they were like, yeah, sure. And here's the check. And I promised them. And at the end of that presentation, if you didn't get... It's very lucky that you're a trustworthy guy. <laughs> if you didn't get the value of that deposit check that you, I didn't did you even Did you do cash, like a theatrical, like rip it up in front of everybody? No, no. <laughs> but guess what it allowed me to do? I got entree to find out how I could improve the business. I could then quantify that. You know, I'm a big monetization person, right? Quantify... If I could show them that I can bring in and save you or increase sales or whatever it was, let's say by 5,000 a month and I'm charging you 2,000 a month to make this happen, am I worth my money? Yeah. I think so. I think if so. it's 10,000 a month and I'm charging you 5,000, if I could save you 20,000 a month and I charge you 10,000 a month, then they willingly give you the money. It's a great thing. So those of you that want to use that to build your consulting practice, go ahead and try it. But it's the same so then mindset. Was it that if at the end of that discovery period, you found that there wasn't value there, you gave them the check back? Mm -hmm. Or did you keep that for the There's work There's always they did? value. And there is always value in the company that you can find. So what you're saying is there <laughs> yes. was never somebody that you were like, you no. know what? We just won't do work together. No. <laughs> Robert is too big of a, no, a hill right, to right. climb. <laughs> then it's usually, help me get rid of Robert is what happens. Yeah. The other piece I'd like to mention is that there are vendors that take care of the software or machinery, whatever. Go back to the vendors, see if they have new items that might help improve the process. So if we're breaking this down, you're starting out. Step number one is get that check. Well, no, that's okay, it. That's, I'm just kidding. That's it. Step number one is get that money. <laughs> because, just like you with this podcast, yeah. I want breakfast and then we'll talk about exactly, the podcast. Exactly. I'm well fed, but all kidding aside, so much of what I've done in sales has kind of been consulting because we need, you need to understand what a customer might be going through in order to diagnose the issue mm -hmm. and then figure out if there's a solution You do the same process in fit, sales, right? yeah. yeah, you're doing that, right? Yeah, we're totally doing that. And I think that's the, the fun of professional selling is that it's problem solving all day, every day and process improvement for our customers. The, the only difference I will tell you, you're selling your service to the, usually the senior people in. Right. And that's why I'm saying like, all you care about is, no, no, don't take this the wrong way. You care about getting the order. Excuse me. But it may, it may not be the best thing for the. No, but no, but a lot of it. I, listen, there have been accounts that I personally, you know, would say, I don't think this is a fit. You might be better mm -hmm. served elsewhere because right. then you run into the issue that you talked about in your, yeah, your right, first experience. You go, right. And I think that's how you develop customers and a level of respect is mm -hmm. if you're just trying to sell people things because you want to make money. 
that's not going to be a sustainable relationship. But if you build something where you understand the issues and then have a solution to help them improve their processes, make things more efficient, and let them know if something isn't going to help them to get to a better place. I mean, that's a consultative sell versus I have a product. I just want you to take my product and I don't care what happens after. You're doing the exact same thing. You're doing a process improvement for your potential client or your or your yeah, client and if you want to take this outside we can fight <laughs> after this dad these are fighting words <laughs> so you've gotten a list of all the vendors and what i was getting at is it sounds like you're kind of like in the process improvement world looking at you can go and buy new things if there's a solution or something that mm-hmm. you want to do more of you can hire more people to develop more bandwidth or you can really look within and figure out how do you take what you already have and just make it more efficient and improve the process so that you don't have to go find new. In your example, if your company was a provider to my company or to my prospect, I would call you up. Christina, can you come in and do a presentation? Here's what we have from you. Here's some of the pain that we've figured out and we want to try to smooth. What do you have? And This happens where the vendor says, well, I send emails and we had these new things, but... Freaking Robert didn't answer my email. Exactly. But the thing is, (laughs) people in companies are busy. Everybody's doing their work. So it's not that they're bad or good, but I might see your emails and just go, I I don't have time for your new product. I don't have time. It's not a priority right now. But now that I've looked at our processes, found out pain that we have and that you actually have a service or a new update to your software that literally solves that problem or helps in that regard, you make out because we're going to take you up on that offer and maybe it's extra money. It's a win-win all the way around. So I'm not looking to replace you. Sometimes we think, oh, that service is really bad to find out, no, we never upgraded for the last three years. And then finally, if you do make that process improvement and if you do make the changes, you, you need to, there has to be a management change at this point, not changing the people, but management needs to empower their people to continually bring up new things, validate that the new process is in fact working properly. And I would always recommend that at a periodic interval, meet and discuss, are there new things that are happening that we can do? Is there new processes? And let people, even the lowest level person, express their pain and bring that up. And I'm going to leave you with this, not that we're shutting down a podcast, but one thing I'll always tell when I'm interviewing people is say, I want you to be the laziest you ever could be. (laughs) I want you to tell me what we could do to change that would prevent you from having to do those things that you hate doing. Instead of saying, I power through it every day. I'll power through and I'll do it. You so need you me want to... people that are less of just the good soldier and more of thinking about how can you make your life easier? Yes. You know, I, I, I write those emails. I print them all out. I file them all in those file cabinets. But that's such a big hassle. But don't worry about it, Joe. I'll do it. Well, what if we stop printing and we stop the file cabinets? We do electronic storage. You follow? Yeah. Oh, that would make my life so easy. But I want you to know I'm a hard worker. I'll do the work because you could be better served doing other work something else so thinking through some of the formal methodologies that people get trained on i think it's a gift that you're able to see a lot of the 
opportunities for process improvement and that you've kind of created your own system. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't know about a name, but maybe we could call it the sacred cow system. I think that's very catchy. <laughs> no, I don't I don't want to. Uh, no, could be. You're not married to the no, cow. No. OK, we'll keep working no. on that. We'll workshop yeah. it. But one thing I don't think we touched on a lot, and you said this, and I think it's important, but there's the approach to process improvement. So if we broke down the steps, it's like step one is identify the landscape, that Mm -hmm. sacred cow. Step two is talk to the rank and file and Mm -hmm. understand the, the nuances. Step three is take copious notes and document. Mm -hmm. And then step four is bring out the flow chart. So create the visual so that you can tell the story, paint Mm -hmm. the picture. From there, it sounds like it's, you know, there's a step now you're getting buy-in from Mm -hmm. the leadership. You're communicating back to the rank and file to make sure that they're a part of this process. And then, uh, so what are we at? Step eight? Seven. Seven. Not so good at counting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Got it. Now we're at step eight, which is really you need to continue to fine tune and revise and create that culture of continuous improvement ongoing. And I think that's a big piece because culture can be something that either gives that new process legs or it could literally shut it down. 100% correct. So you need to really figure out how do you effectively communicate and create a culture that promotes that open back and forth flow of communication from the rank and file to the leadership. Yeah, because it takes time to change that, right? So what do you think um, my process versus I think Kaizen it's, and I think Six it's, Sigma? And, <laughs> and... I think it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it doesn't take a lot of schooling. Uh, no, I, I mean, Dad, I think it's awesome, honestly. Listen, this is a, a huge industry. Maybe we can create a school for this and ha- give people like, I think, what do you need for Six Sigma Black Belt? I don't know, 45 days, three months of your life. I don't know, but could you And your imagine? firstborn child. Maybe we can create uh, a school uh, of the school of Joe. Right, they, there you go. And how about taking all that money and all that time and just putting it into actually like doing improving things and doing yeah. the work, you know? Well, right. And I think... Process improvement, you know, we're talking about it in business and you're talking about it in consulting and the way that you've approached different client situations and now an entire organization that that's your responsibility. But if you just look at even in your own life, Mm -hmm. and I think about this every single day, whether it's listening to a podcast that makes you a little bit smarter or choosing to spend five minutes in the morning just being mindful. It could be tiny little things or working out, exercising for dad and I'm I don't looking know. at, I'm I don't looking know anything at you, about kid. That. I don't know anything about but that. <laughs> <laughs> if you chew your food a little more vigorously, that okay, would there you be go. a workout, okay, dad. Okay, good. Okay, good. I'm on it. I'm on it. I love it. So I just I say this because I think in business, in life, whatever you're doing, tiny little incremental changes over time and right. just identifying things in your day-to-day that may be inefficient mm-hmm. can help you in a huge way if they're just tackled a little bit at a time. Well, and to bring that to a close, and I agree 100%, create the atmosphere, empower your staff, empower yourself, mm-hmm. and create the atmosphere for those incremental changes to be expressed, tested, and put into practice. Exactly. I like it. That's it. Well, Dad, I will tell you this. I feel smarter for having gone through this. Again, with every single one of these episodes, I wonder why you haven't shared any of this wisdom with me up to this point. But I'm very (laughs) thankful we decided to do this podcast together so that I could finally learn (laughs) and grow from you. Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. (laughs) 
like oh, it. This I is can. great. Christine and I hope that you've gotten something out of, again, that's what this is about, our experience and talking about it and hopefully... And we appreciate anybody who's listening. Um, I will say this is a very important episode because this marks our second to last episode. <laughs> oh, I know where you're going with, with this. Or, or I think it's at the last. We committed to episode five, the drum beat no longer rolling. And my dad should be creating a little guitar riff that we're going to have for our music. So well, the good news is the band, and I'm going to plug the band till we can't, but we have dates on the calendar. We're praying that things open up and we can get to these restaurants and bars and we're going to be rehearsing Monday night. So what do you think? Let's... Shut it down, <laughs> baby. Have an awesome day. Hey, we really appreciate all of you. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Wherever you are, whatever your story, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now go and make a difference in your world. Last drum beat ever. Bye. I love it. Goodbye.